Mies Mixtape. question is not where, who, how, but when. So today we're going to talk about Dark. So that's a supernatural drama series. It's German. You've got 26 episodes in total. It started to be available on Netflix from uh, December 2017 with the latest season uh, being released on, on the 27th of June 2020. Now, this podcast is going to be in two parts. Um, because I've come to realize uh, from the last one that it was not fair for me to just open it to those who have seen the series. So my job today is to convince some of you who have not seen that series yet that it's definitely worth a watch. And, well, you know, it'll be spoiler-free. But then part two will be for those who couldn't put it down and they binged watched it all like I did. So here we go, a little bit for everyone. So, no surprise there, that series got critical acclaim uh, for some uh, platforms like Rotten Tomato, for example. I mean, normally I don't really go by how reviews are seeing series and films because I've come to realize over time that many, many of my favorite films are not necessarily those who are getting the best of uh, reactions, but hey ho. So, part one, Dark Inane. So season one, I quote, it's like a, a central mystery that unfolds slowly, both tense and terrifying, culminating in a creepy cinematic triumph of sci-fi noir. I mean, really, episode one, for you, for you who haven't seen that yet, it will really set the tone. You've got an introduction of the characters, different time frames, the story wraps itself around four families. So let's try to sum some of it up got Jonas and his mother Hannah and artist dad Michael, got Martha and her older brother Magnus and younger innocent brother Mikael, head teacher mother Catherine and secretive police inspector Ulrich. You got Barton and hotel owner mother Regina and nuclear plant director dad Alexander. Finally, a fourth family comprises of Francisca, dead, deaf sister Elizabeth, inspector mother Charlotte and father Peter. I mean, have I lost you so far? That seems like a lot of characters already. And in fairness, they are introduced to you little by little. And please don't let this put you off because everyone is introduced very carefully and strategically. I mean, you'll get regular hints and reminders so that you can place them little by little. You'll forget about some of these connections and then you'll be reminded about them. And also you'll realize that it's like they wanted you to forget. They wanted to take you down that rabbit hole so that you fall into that uh, story. And before you know it, it's wrapped all around you too. So what's the point actually of the story so far? Because I don't want to say too much, but equally, I want to tease you enough that you want to watch it. 
Well, it's in two folds to start. I mean, I lie, there are so many layers to peel off, but I'll go easy on you to begin with. It starts, it starts with um, a case of disappearing children that really culminates with the disappearance of one of those I mentioned earlier. But I'm not gonna say who. I mean, it sounds simple so far, right? But what if I add the following now? What if I say that in the narrative, before you know it, the next few episodes take you back in 1986, 33 years before, where you will recognize the parents of the era of 2019, but they're now the children. The grandparents are now the parents and somehow the key protagonists. And then you start realizing that there is a certain complexity, um, like ramifications to all of this, which really transcends time, particularly when some of these characters start appearing in both timelines. I mean, how is that possible? And that's where you see the sci-fi part of it. So, the question is not where, who, or how, but when. I mean, have I piqued your curiosity so far? I've probably confused you. Um, one thing I can promise you for sure, not a single person that I've recommended this series to has spoken a bad word about it. If anything, they've been so excited about it and they, they text me afterwards and were like, wow, oh my god, like, this is just so much. I didn't expect that, nor did I, to be honest. Um, in fairness, I watched season one in one go, overnight, season two over a day and a half. I think season three was over three days. I was just so captivated, I just couldn't stop. Um, I think that's a symptom that has been reported by many who have shared uh, the experience of Dark with. I think Dark's strength resides not only in the articulated genius of its writing, but also the quality of its visual and soundtrack. I mean, it, it marries effectively um, the use of music of different eras to really keep you in the loop. It uses also visual cues to keep you afloat of the timelines you're in. Um, but it's done in such a friendly way that it's not like forced down your throat. And you may be left scratching your head now and then, but I can promise you one day, one, one thing. By the end of season three, I think we'll all agree, for those of you who have seen it, that you have one of the most satisfying series ending that I've seen in ages. It's wrapped up almost in a poetic way, a way that will leave you satisfied and at peace with the writers and the directors of this series. They really nailed it. I mean, they, they did. <laughs> Watch it, you won't be able to argue it. Okay, if you have not seen it yet, I think it's time for you to stop there and I hope I've managed to convince you to see Dark. And be warned, spoilers ahead if you're staying on. Okay, last chance. Right, here we go. I think they're gone now. Let's go down to the nitty gritty of Dark. Where, I suppose you, you were like me, blown away by the end of season one, resurrected by the boldness of season two, and it's almost inevitable ending, if you remember, the apocalypse, and simply mesmerized by season three. Maybe confused at first, let's be honest, what was that all about? <laughs> and it's ending? No? You didn't think that it was amazing? Surely you did. Right, part two, bright in delivery. So I'd say that season two, actually, no, I'm not saying it, I'm quoting now. Dark's sumptuous second season, sorry, descends deeper into the show's meticulously crafted mythos and cements the series as one of streaming's strongest and strangest science fiction stories. I mean, 
I think they, they kind of summed it up quite well there. You've got season two that really takes advantage um, on what's been built and established. You've got a lore of characters that we've come to know quite well. I mean, we've come to fall in love with them, hate them little by little, feel sorry for them, feel pain for them as well, because we realize very quickly that the apocalypse will happen and that the lives of each of these characters is going to be affected far deeper than expected, you know. They're going to discover all of this the hard way and that what is meant to be, well, will be. Time is a flow, that river's bed is deep and there is work in the making that takes the loop further than a 33-year window either side of the apocalypse. I mean, they went further back than that, didn't they? And to come to realize that those grandparents nowadays were the parents in the 1986 and the children further back? I mean, that was just something, wasn't it? Now, obviously, you remember that by the end of season two, mother and child's hand touch. But little do we know at this point about them. Little do we know about the complexity of their connections. The complex paradox of the birthing of your own mother. I mean, that is one new level. <laughs> the mind is forced really to wander down some very dark avenue, some very complex avenues. But I think they do it in a way that keeps it friendly. And like I said, we're left to scratch our heads a couple of time. But then they bring us back on that journey so that they're not losing us along the way. Season 3, I'll quote again. Dark's final chapter is a thrilling and bewildering experience, bringing viewers full circle without sacrificing any of the show's narrative complexities. And I think that's true. I, I agree with that. If you think about it, um, you've got uh, season three that starts with that parallel universe, the deja vu effect, and it seems to be um, wandering down a, a lane, <laughs> almost a memory lane for us. But things are out of sync by just slight details. It's not an ear that is ravaged, it's an eye. It's not an eye that is lost, it's an arm. It's not an affair like we remember it, but a done deal. And if anything, it's a further affair with a new female character that we didn't see coming. It's all these little details. And obviously one of the most obvious one with Jonas never have, having existed at all in that timeline, which obviously ripples an effect to, to, to the, um, well, to our surprise and the, the confusion of many other characters and obviously Jonah himself. So if you think about it also, the stranger of season one is now a flower of memories, that grown-up version of Jonas. And you've got that new tri trio of strangers, the one with the cleft lip, and they've got the exact same clothes and demeanor. Um, they seem to be on a killing spring. And really, it's on new fil rouge, as we say in French, like the red thread, that thread that you want to pull carefully throughout the season to kind of make sense of everything. And who are they? Who do they work for? That's the new mystery. Because you've got on one hand, sic mundus creatus est, thus the world was created. And that's the Adam's uh, vision of things, it's the Jonas world. And then on the flip side, you've got um, the world of uh, Martha, Eva, Erit Lux, there will be light. 
which is, as we said, that echo of what season one and two had to offer, but to a certain extent accelerated a little bit so that we can catch up. Um, and see that despite those slight differences, somehow many of the protagonists end up falling in almost the uh, similar situation that they were before of despair, of hurt, of secrets. Now, that mirrored season, that final season, mirrored world, mirrored story, mirrored events, the deja vu episode that felt so good in my opinion. I mean, it, it was really an evidence that there is no better world no better side, no better outcome, when you start thinking, well, hold on a second, could it be that Martha's world is what should be in the right way somehow? And you discover that with Jonas, it's he wanted somehow that perhaps if his dad didn't kill himself or if um, Mikael didn't go back in time, that perhaps none of this would have happened. And here he is in a world where that never happened. It doesn't exist. And somehow the apocalypse still happened or will happen well here's some, some confusing uh, tenses for you with all that series so it's really interesting because despite these different timelines and how things are entangled and connected um, no journey led to a better outcome I found that very exciting because you've always got that side of oh this is the right side and this is the wrong side this is your heroes and this is your villains and it's always so black and white and there, it's all just dark. It's just as bad as one another. And you're realizing, but hold on, what's the better way then? Um, and you got that loop symbol where they come to explain that there is that point where Martha comes and collects Jonah and takes, uh, takes him to her world and it launches a new timeline. But then you've got the other one where um, um, she's interrupted and she doesn't come and collect him and it creates a further timeline. It's all kind of like that cycle that goes on and on and on and on and it never ends. I mean... It takes for Claudia and her alter ego to reach that conclusion for us to finally enter the ending of season 3 with, um, well, I'll say it, what left me sat at the edge of my bed. I mean, wasn't that episode in the time tunnel just amazing? So beautifully written and executed. Who's that boy in my closet? Do you remember that? Or who's that girl in the cellar? Why am I saying it the wrong way around? Ah oh, well, doesn't matter. It was just so beautiful. And then for them to end up you know, back to back against each other and, and but working alongside. And also what was really interesting is what seemed like a secondary character with a tragic story of his own, losing his son, daughter-in-law, grandchild in a car accident. Well, it turned out to be a very important character, one that, well, we didn't expect had such influence, but somehow come from the original world. Well, not per se, is identity as a person is from the original world and the beauty of um, Jonas and Martha's sacrifice uh, is really what left me in awe as well because their older selves Adam and Eve never managed to reach this conclusion but somehow their younger damaged selves they, they, they must have held on to enough hope and love to make that ultimate sacrifice their own sacrifice and time is fixed in itself and we see, and that's again, is something that I really am grateful with the series of Dark, is that they give us that the after minutes, like 
you've got films that end and that's it credits and you're like well what happens now like did, did everything sort itself out and there you get that satisfaction of okay well we see the original world and we see that kind of emotional punch in the final minutes where characters are reunited somehow through life and because they were not the flesh born out of these entanglements of connections between Adam, Eve, Martha, Jonas, etc. They, they've just come to be naturally. And the emotional punch of this ending really left me in a state of, wow, I was just, I mean, I was extremely uh, frustrated not to be able to pick up my phone and call someone and be like, oh my god, that ending, have you seen that? I just wanted to scream on the rooftop how amazing it was. So I did it the next day on Twitter. <laughs> and try to convince as many people as I could. I mean, what I love also about Dark is the visual, the greatiness of it all, the clever use of color palette for Adam's world and a foggy look for Eve's world, and that cinematic kind of look and cut that they've got for the original world that was meant to be, really. The music also is absolutely mesmerizing. I mean, you've got the obviously the, the opening credits with Goodbye by Apparat featuring Soap and Skin. And I love how they made the effort to revisit that in season two and three with a different visual that plants the seed for so many um, key aspects of this series. Um, you've also got musics like Familiar and Riverside by Agnes O'Bell that I absolutely love. But then you've got little things like Rick Atley's uh, Never Gonna Give You Up and uh, Nina's, uh, oh, I don't speak German, so I'm gonna say any, any place, anywhere, anytime that she did with Kim Wilde. Obviously, it's the German version. Sorry, I don't speak German. Uh, <laughs> or Dead or Alive's uh, You Spin Me Round. And that respect of time and chronology, that's what made um, kind of the era's fashion, the cars you see, the lingo, the style, everything is on point and it's very carefully crafted to really place you in that timeline and, and, and be respectful to the extent that anything that sticks out like clothes, haircuts or else is so obviously an anachronism that the other characters start to notice and question what's happening there. I mean, if you think of Claudia and um, how she kind of let go progressively of the what she looks like and her hair and then she morphes uh, little by little into the older version of Claudia. It's, I find that brilliant. That That is also something that I thought was really special about that because, okay, I love the incredible story. I love the time travel, uh, time travel aspects, the addition of parallel universes interconnected, but the portrayal of each character is so respectful. I mean, I feel like some characters sometimes in films they really get the focus and others are kind of left to be a secondary device really but what was really interesting for me in dark is that even if they are in a way a secondary character they still get that respect in the way they're being portrayed and the actors are chosen very carefully to almost look alike i mean if you think of the air of resemblance between different actors and actresses the obvious ones of jonas and martha but then if you think of Catherine, Egon, Claudia, I think that is a true effort. It's in the detail where you've got, um, for example, one of the male characters, the name of which escapes me right now, and I hate myself for it. He's got like a patch, like a, a beauty spot on his forehead. 
and um, the older version of himself has it, the adult version of it has it. It's like it's really maintained, it's all in the detail. Obviously, um, we know that Claudia's um, kind of different eye color is really key in recognizing her as well, and that helps some of the characters traveling back in time to identify that very quickly. I mean, what also is mind-blowing is how they have interconnected the families and how things are looped and wrapped on themselves between Noah and Elizabeth giving birth to Charlotte who ends up being the mother of Elizabeth herself. I mean, that's some messed up stuff. <laughs> Bartos will realize he ends up being Noah's dad because um, if I remember, I remember well, the boy is named Anno and then you're like, hold on a second, but that's Noah the other way around. Anyway. I mean, sh sorry, I sure got carried away with how amazing and satisfied as I was after um, watching Dark. And I think we're truly lucky to live in an era where we can still be amazed and surprised with series. I mean, if you think about nowadays, most of what we get is like remakes, reboots, rehashing of the same old again. And then you get some true strokes of writing and cinematic geniuses like the wonders that uh, Dark has to offer. And like I said earlier, dark in name but definitely bright in delivery so whew, i need to take back my breath there i'm out of breath it's so excited um, i think that's it i'm gonna wrap it up there um so that was it that was episode four of remy's podcast i hope you enjoyed it um i sure was excited to share this with you and I would love to hear from you why you love this series too and who was your favorite character and why. I mean, I've mentioned before there is a, um, an, a voice uh, message option on the Anchor link that you can use, the one where the podcast is hosted, so you can leave an audio message. I mean, you can also leave a comment on Twitter, either way. I'll, I'll really appreciate it. I mean, of course, if you like this episode and you want to hear more in the future, uh, well, obviously, make sure to subscribe. So that's it. See you next time. Au revoir.